0: Welcome back, everybody! Another episode of Bootstrapped Web. Mr. Brian Castle, how are you?
1: Yes, Jordan, what's up, buddy? It is December eighth, and uh, yeah, we're getting into that end of the year uh, theme, end of the year mindset. I don't know about you, there, there's a little bit of like like holidays are setting in. Like we just booked a ski trip for end of December, and and um, so I'm looking forward to little breaks here and there, but mostly I'm thinking about this is the end of the year. I'm looking back on how things went and where things are going for next year, so.
0: Yeah, 2024 starting to you know, play a bigger role in, in my mindset overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still see some opportunity over the next week or two. Right now, I find myself responding in much the same way that we see our prospects responding, which is like, sure, how about the third week in January? Mm-hmm. And that's fine as long as we get on the calendar. So we're looking at this window of a, of a, the next week or two to just get in touch with some people, reconnect, put no pressure on. But that's almost like a uh, like a an analogy for what's going on in my brain, where I'm taking my foot off the gas and starting to think about family. Last night was our first night of Hanukkah. We're going to out of town for the hot for, for Christmas and New Year's, all that. And then at the same time, mentally, I'm like gathering strength. Like, you know, I really want to get off on the right foot in January.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Me me too. Um, yeah, I think actually Cl- clarity, took a, took a bump, fo- like bump up, like it had a pretty good November and there are some like, we're not out of the woods yet, I would say, but there are some bright spots in our metrics, specifically our trial to paid conversion um, has been steadily improving month after month, uh, from like October, November, if this continues in December and January, then Mm -hmm. things could start to look pretty good in just in terms of the trajectory, like nothing like hockey stick growth here. Um, we're still very far from the target, if you will, the milestone, but like the, um, we're, we're the one thing that I'm really happy to see in clarity flow is. I talked about how I shipped the um uh the self-serve demo. Okay. Self-serve demos on the front end on the marketing site and then I shipped like the same thing in the app on, in the onboarding flow. And that's like a series of videos. They're like freshly recorded videos showing all of our new newest features and I'm since, since launching that, I think about 5 or 6 weeks ago now, trials have been slightly up. Um, meaning like visitors to the marketing site, they, they are requesting the recorded demo that has replaced my live calls, which is nice. Like I don't have all like a crazy calendar. Like I had before that with doing demos. Um, and, and I think it actually delivers a much better demo cause it's like optimized recorded. Let me walk you through.
0: Yeah. You don't forget something that you meant to mention. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or I don't get like thrown off track and all this different stuff, but, but then once they're in the trial now I'm immediately it's like noticeable. First of all, the trial to paid conversion is, is improving, but I actually see like users are easily finding and using and engaging with all of our features. Whereas before we had all these features that people were just not finding where they were, or they thought they didn't exist, or they had trouble even understanding them. Um, And I'm noticing this not only in like the usage stuff, but like actually an increase in customer support since launching, the onboarding and you would think that that's like a bad thing but i see it as a good thing because um the customer support tickets that i am receiving now are more like well informed like these are customers who are asking much more informed questions it's clear from from the questions that they're asking that they are much more deeply using the features that we have and and trying to get a lot more out of the product because we now have a lot more in the product. Um, Mm. And so I, I, even though it's a, it's definitely a noticeable increase in like the number of emails in my inbox every week from customer support, it's like, these are customers who are really using it. And that's a good sign. I think, you know, it's not that I, I would not characterize it like you see these like tweets about product market fit, and the market is uh, is knocking down your door with demand. It's nothing like that, but we get a steady flow of organic demand every month, and we're starting to convert and engage them better. I, I think as a result of the onboarding stuff we shipped. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's pretty interesting in terms of the 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 effectiveness of the format that you're delivering that information through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, man. Uh, it, Cause it's hard to visualize uh, where that lives. And, you know, is it a screen that you can't avoid when you first walk in? Is it tucked away? Is it some combination? The way that I set it
1: up is, so if you sign up for a trial, well, first of all, you can just see it on the marketing site by like, go into request a demo, you enter your email address, it takes you to the page where you could see all these videos. That's you're, you're still on our marketing site. You haven't signed up okay. for a trial yet, cool. but, out in front. but then if you sign up for a trial, what'll happen is, um, it does pop up like a big modal window, kind of like covering up your view and you can press play on the first video, but you can eat right away. Like click out of it. If you want to get out of it. Um, the, you know, it'll remember the fact that you closed out of it. It's not going to pop it up again. Um, but there is a little thing in the corner so you can get back to it if you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 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 it does I, like my goal with it was like definitely put it in your face front and center first. Let you X out of it if you want to, but make it easy to bring it back anytime. That's the mm-hmm.
0: philosophy on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ideally that goes along with the type of user who appreciates being able to go off and get the information themselves instead of reaching out yep yep cool well we have uh the the impact that the two new aes have had is is super interesting um it's made us relook at all the stuff that we're doing and then and then getting everyone aligned in trying to accomplish the same thing, right? Like naming and uh, specifying the goals, the number of customers, the amount of money, the revenue, like what your quota is, how your comp is set, all that. Uh, Really what that does is it just, it just makes sure that everyone's, everyone's in line in terms of the same goals. And then you start to see where people's ideas are on how to go about those goals. So, it, and it ranges, um, for example, one of, our, one of our account executives after watching a bunch of recorded demos and then joining a few demos over the last few weeks, uh, her take on it was when I see the reaction of the person in like the 10 minutes that you are showing off the product, the reaction is so positive that sh- she's starting to identify that the part of the process that allows people to go from I'm interested in it to I'm using it. Like that part of it, she's like, more people should be getting to that step based on the excitement and interest that I see on the call. So she's starting to look at that and say, well, maybe what we need to do is lower the barrier to allow them to express that interest. So maybe we should be offering accounts. Maybe we should get them in before we do the technical call. Yeah, so like what's normally from the demo, what's normally the next step? The next step is normally a technical scoping call with someone more technical on their team. Yeah. And so right they still don't have access to an account. They don't have a login. It's not connect all this other stuff. And it's not like we just made that up. We've adjusted the process, yeah. but we're definitely not done <laughs> adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. So so we are we're like really focused on learning over these last few weeks. So we had a demo with a large merchant this morning. And then as soon as that gets done, I take the recording and I, you know, put it out into Slack and then people start asking questions about it and then they kind of think their, their take on it. So there's a lot of, there's just a lot of focus, uh, in that part of our company. Yeah, And it ranges from right. I, I had my Friday like wrap up call, uh, with the SDRs It's actually only, only one today cause one's out. Um, and there the focus is something similar like what messaging works on the call let's listen to that and help Mm. allow that to inform the messaging that we should put out yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah like like
1: which which benefits seem to resonate most and i i've started to do that a lot with the messaging mm -hmm. and like the copy on the on the site and in the emails and like start to Name features differently based on how, what my customers call them, you know, like we have like a feature that we called programs, but really people are using it for courses. So now basically everywhere it's called a course, even though okay. in the database, it's still a program. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, so, yeah, you know, things like that. Uh so yeah. What, what else we got? Um. So again, we're, we're thinking about like December end of the year, uh, 2024. Are we. Are we up to, I, I know that you and I probably don't do the the formal, like listing our goals for the year like we used to in years past, but um, mm-hmm. I know we definitely get into this like headspace around this time of year of like, yes. how is 2024 going to be different from this year, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty schizophrenic on it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little all over the place. I have, I have these different blobs that shrink and enlarge around fear excitement optimism aggression frustration guilt and they just move around yeah and one minute i feel amazing and the next minute i'm gloomy so it's it's i think it's a challenging environment i have been finding myself looking at our projections and what i did with our projection sheet i think we've talked about this right we've got like a bunch of numbers and revenue and then down below it gets into uh cash flow and then it gets into bank account balance yep and that is just where i live yeah and there's like a
1: there's like the 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 current scenario the the realistic scenario the oh shit scenario the yeah you know i've i've been going through the same exercises we've been talking about it over the last couple of months here and and yeah i mean and and the different blobs of emotions like (laughs) it's all too real man it is all too real yeah
0: No, it's, it's difficult. And these are moments where I really appreciate having uh rock and Jess, you know, working very closely together for years because I, I, I need it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rock, uh, rocks in a good, strong place and he's optimistic and it really helps me. It's really helpful because I, I think being tasked with my ultimate responsibility of making sure there's enough money in the bank. It's just stressful. Yeah. Because it is a combination of go to market stress, getting pipeline, closing deals, pricing properly, getting them onboarded, collecting money, all that stuff. But it's also like fundraising and positioning. And so, you know, you, you have to be in an optimistic place you know, to, to like to to do well.
1: That this is the one of the core things that I'm always so
0: jealous of folks like you
1: who have a strong business partnership with someone else. I've been solo, uh, for my whole career here and, um, yeah. and still very much solo. And so this thing, the strategic planning Important. and, um, and keeping, uh, the mindset clear and, and, um, taking emotions out of it, or, or at least just regulating emotions, I feel like that there's a big burden on my shoulders to handle that alone without, without bouncing ideas, off. like you were just saying off air, how like you and rock kind of balance each other out in times like these, like yep. between optimism and pessimism. Right. And, and I have to sort of do all that in my own head alone. I, I, I compensate through, I, I work with a business coach, I have mastermind groups, I have uh, a whole a bunch of different friends and advisors that I go to but still those are still at a distance at an arm's length um and the other thing that I find as as well meaning as my friends and advisors and mastermind groups are when I talk about and and also listeners of this podcast reach out to me like you know give it, like Hi. you know to be clear like I, we only share about roughly half of the picture <laughs> on air there's a lot that you, that you can't share publicly but the yeah, what else can you do? You know the thing is 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 that like i think by by most people's nature or founders nature is like you hear a problem all right let's try to strategize a solution to that problem and so when i talk about things with clarity flow and the runway and the profitability and all this stuff it's like oh well did you try this or that or or this strategy or, or that strategy to to increase conversion rate here or there it's like Yeah. Like we're always doing stuff like that and we have stuff going like that. But I, but I have had to come to a higher level, bigger picture and, you know, talking about those like blobs of, of of emotion and switch moving through those at this time of year, I look back on the last three years and I feel like I, even though I, I have some wins and, and and progress made with, with clarity flow and everything, it's it's also like, well, I think maybe my career got a little bit off track in these last couple of years. And my theme for 2024 20, is get back on track, you know? Um, get. I, I feel like for, I've been self-employed for 15 years and the first 12 of those years, like I was on a more or less steady, stair-stepping progression of progress. And I feel like from 2021 up until now, it's sort of paused a little bit and I need to, I need to get back on the, on the, on, on the staircase,
0: if you will. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you do? What's the conversation like in your head to get yourself back on track? Like I, I can talk about that on, on my side. It is like, it is a bit of a conversation. Oh, me. it's too. not just, I'm going to feel better ready. You know, it's not Me that. too.
1: It's, it's very much that. And I mean, literally this is, this is, I, I do a lot of journaling, um, Ty- okay. typing but i also actually do like audio like i literally like do spoken kind of audio journaling uh and then i listen back to myself <laughs> oh so you, you really talk it out basically yeah because i i find that that helps like i i almost sometimes i actually do share it with a with a mastermind group or like a private podcast group that i'm in um, but most of the time i record as if i'm presenting to a group. Uh, because that's, that, that does help get it out of your head. Cause when it's in your head, it, it might make sense to you theoretically, but really there's a whole bunch of bullshit in there. But when you have to speak it out and make the case and present, um, or pitch or, you know, that's where shit gets real. And so, but you know what, but also over the last couple of months, I, I did a lot of actually presenting to to friends and mastermind groups with like the, I've been talking about how I'm starting up this new, um, or like, uh, you know, shifting focus with clarity flow and moving into the, like starting up a new business that I'm calling instrumental products. It's this like media brand. I talked about it on the previous episode. Um, I haven't shared all the details with my friends and advisors yet, but the, but I have multiple times shared, like, like in the last two months, that, that, that projection spreadsheet where I would have to like, kind of walk through my logic on like, here's where I've ended up in the last couple of years. Here, here are some like strategic changes that I need to make in focus. And, and these are the different paths that I considered and the logic and just stepping through the logic of like, here's, here's where I landed on this decision. um. And, uh, and yeah, just kind of going through it. Um, and, and so like where I, where I ended up was, um, I, like just a few months ago, I was still in the mindset of like, let's just do everything possible to make clarity flow work as a business and get to profitability with this sense of urgency within this time frame before runway runs out. But I have progressively over the last couple of months, and now I'm solid on this decision and direction, which is like, mm-hmm. No, I'm done trying to play the urgency game. Okay. That's, that's it. Like I'm, I'm done with that. And now my mindset is clarity flow will take as long as it will take to become a good little SaaS business. But in the meantime, I have to operate, go back to my roots and mm-hmm. self fund and bootstrap a new business and get back on my feet and cobble together an income. In the in the early months of 2024, while building a new asset that can grow profitably and sustainably and be something valuable uh, for a long time to come, and for me, that's yeah. that's audience first. am I'm, I'm building mm-hmm. I'm I'm rebuilding or reviving the audience game in 2024 with this thing that I'm calling instrumental products.
0: So mm-hmm. that's, that's the and, and that and that gives clarity flow the time and space. Yeah to continue growing. Yeah. And, and, that- and
1: like people have been, and, and as I try to explain it to some people, like it's, they're they're like, well, how does that help you sell more customers on clarity flow? Well, like I, I really, these are just two separate businesses. Mm-hmm. I, I have a portfolio that includes two businesses, clarity flow and instrumental products. And that's how I'm operating going forward. And, you know, I talked about like that stair step thing. I'm, I'm sort of now back in the position of a typical bootstrapper who has to balance consulting or a day job with their SaaS on the on the nights and weekends it's not quite nights and weekends i'm working much more than that on clarity flow Mm -hmm. but but the math but the math is is the same but the other difference is that i'm not just resorting to consulting freelancing or getting a job instead i'm i still have some space to operate with and and i still Mm -hmm. have um you know i I still I, i can still maneuver here and with that space, I'm starting up a new business, a, a new asset, something that I own that can grow, that can be valuable and, and instead of just selling my time. I, I don't want to resort to that. And and I and that and and so now my mindset for 2024 is like get back on my feet, reassemble the
0: profitable self-funded thing, and just get back on the on the staircase, if you will. Okay. I think what you just described in the journey from going, I'm all in, this is exactly what I'm doing and getting to a place and being comfortable on altering that strategy. I think that will hit home with everyone listening because you're either in the middle of that arc or you have experienced it in the past. And it is really hard to know when to make the switch and it is this ongoing conversation and then being straightforward with yourself and and optimistic sometimes and then balancing and getting to the right conclusion. I mean, I, if I look, I, I and it's impossible to know if it's right and you're always gonna have regrets. I look back and I have no doubt that I didn't do the optimal thing multiple places along the way. Yep. Even like if I think about like card hook, like uh, sometimes I think back, I'm like I could have just kept it. <laughs> yeah. I could have just kept going. I could have done the it. same with
1: audience apps and product ties. I you know, those are businesses that were that made me a, a very nice financial income for multiple years there and I sold them off. And um and 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 I right. and that was like a big bet that I made in, in 2021, was like, let's go all in on one thing. And here I am. I, I kind of I have to sort of backtrack on that bet a little bit, you know.
0: I, I, I hear you. Yeah.
1: But I, I also um, look back on, um, I, you know, one friend asked like, well, maybe you can look back on some of these strategic decisions and see where you, w- what you can learn from them. And, um, I've done a lot, a lot of that. Um, but I also like in the, in the zip message to clarity flow of business, there were multiple big strategic changes, obviously like, you know, going to freemium and then turning off premium and then niching down to coaches and then changing the name to clarity flow and raising the prices. Like these were all big moves that, that we made. Um, and even early on, like the, the decision to sell my businesses, this decision to take a little bit of funding. And I don't really regret any of those, to be honest. I, I think that all of those decisions, if I look back on them, I remember the reasoning that I had. I remember the yeah. I remember the information that I had on my plate that I considered and I think given the given the information I had I I think I made the right choice in all of those. But here I am 3 years later and it it didn't yes. pan out the way that I had hoped. But yes. but that that's so, just how how it went. Like
0: like <laughs> I can't really change that at this point, you know. No, no, it's it's, it's not it's not regret. It's something else. It's just like you're just looking back at your old self, being like, nah, well, if, if you only knew, yeah, you, you would have done X and Y, but okay, here we are. Yep. Um, yeah, 2024. You know, I, I, f- I have found it interesting um, that I'm usually very optimistic as like my default. And I mean, it definitely has something to do with like, you know, war and a lot of bad stuff happening that I found myself more pessimistic lately. Uh, but rock has been extremely helpful in, in helping introduce optimism with more objective, uh, points Mm -hmm. because, because a lot of it's emotional and your state of mind and whether uh, that, that impacts how you look out into the world, whether it's, you know, optimistic or not. So it is helpful to come back and effectively like list out the reasons why you were optimistic a month ago that you're just not thinking about right now or not, or you're not admitting, or it's not top of mind or whatever. Um, again, I
1: have been solo in all my businesses. So I'm, I'm always kind of curious what the dynamic is actually like between co-founders. Um, like, do, do you have, I know, obviously you talk about like the product and you talk about like whatever current strategy you're currently working on there. There's like, there's like work related things that you, that of course you talk about mm-hmm. but do you also have I mean at the co-founder level not not even like other and anyone else who is not like an equity co-founder so like so just the co-founder level are you talking like in like mastermind style like um I don't know like how, <laughs> like it's- optimism pessimism like what if this or
0: that happens I don't know it is it is a a rolling, ongoing conversation, and it it moves back and forth between asynchronous and then in person. So, Rock and I have a weekly call on Tuesdays for half an hour, basically just to see each other, yeah, and be like, "How you doing? What's your what's your week like? What are you working on? Anything important you want to talk about?" That's yeah, of thing. but
1: you're still talking like daily, but async.
0: We're talking daily. Yes. Uh, and, and we're talking, have a great weekend, sending me pictures of the pizza he's making with his family Mm -hmm. or, or a new video of his kid riding a bike. So there's a lot of like love mixed in Mm -hmm. and that feels really important because that builds up the trust. I mean, you know, rock has seen me go through, I've seen rock go through hard times and I kind of get this sense, even though we're not seeing each other on where he is and what he needs. And he gets the same, you know, he has seen me struggle over the past two months and has still been able to say, Hey, don't go dark on me. Mm -hmm. You know, don't go pessimistic. It's going to be okay. So all that ongoing relationship building, um, allows us to jump in very, very quickly into, into business related stuff. And we have learned over time how the other person operates, for example. Yesterday, I pinged him with a somewhat crazy idea. Not completely crazy, but he knows that's part of my thinking. Yes, that's just, hey, I got this weird thing. (laughs) Right, what if we did this? And he's like, well, that sounds like a different product, but I'm not going to shoot you down right now. We're going to let it marinate and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. And by the time Tuesday comes around, I might be like, that was just a silly thing. Don't worry (laughs) about it. Or we might go deeper in, so it, it dips in and out on asynchronous and synchronous, and um, that's cool. Wh- I mean. Where we where where we where we really line up is we have a lot of similarities, and we have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> you know, like like Israeli guy living in the U.S. and then Slovenian guy. But what we have found is that at the core, we want the exact same thing. We are hungry and ambitious to the point of desperation. We want it so bad. He's a kid from Slovenia from like a farm town and he knows what the world is like now and he knows what success looks like and he wants it. Mm-hmm. And I'm same thing, born on a freaking kibbutz. And this, so we both are so hungry in the same direction. Yeah, We always have that as our common North star. Where we're like, we're not gonna fucking fail. We're not gonna, we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna figure it out. We're gonna do it. That's how we've always done it. We're not gonna fail. Yeah. yeah so man. that, that part of it is so
1: deeply in common. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, especially, you know, you, you know, you know, it's like a golden partnership when you see, when you see co founders start a second company together. You know, you guys went from card hook to like, you, you didn't have to start rally together, right? Like, yeah, I, I, um, I think we would do a third. I'm sure you would, you know, like that, <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, of course, like, you know, it's like uh, that, that's when, you know, you, you've really got something, I think. Um, and and again, like I, I have friends who have incredible business partnerships that I'm, and, and I came really close to partnering up with a couple of different people a, a few different times in my career. And, and I think those would have, th- those are still people that I'm friends with, of course, and and, and I think would have turned into really great partnerships, but for different circumstances, just didn't align um in terms of like timing or the product wasn't right or you know this or that and like um that's the hardest thing about partnerships is that like you can't just say like if if you are solo you can't just go out into the market and say like i'm a developer i need to find a business person as my partner or i'm a business guy growl and i need to find a, a technical partner and then partner up and we'll be great like there's so much more that you need to be lucky with to, to mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like life circumstances, chemistry, you know, relationship
0: and skill match, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the longevity of the, of the relationship is, is a challenge and it's especially challenging if the business doesn't just work yes. early on yep. because the, that's, that is understandably where people look around and say, is this where I should be spending my time? Is this who I should be spending my time with, should I, kind of be doing something better? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What else are we thinking about in terms of, um, and I'm totally unprepared for this question, but uh, oh, the industry at large or the world, it, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know, between like AI and um, uh, I guess maybe the economy or like SaaS or different products in general, what, what kind of trends are we thinking about for 2024?
0: So, you know, i don't know if you listened to uh, all in recently uh, i catch it a little film. bit on youtube here and there yeah it's it's entertaining it's fun um david sachs at craft ventures is pretty dialed into sas world mm-hmm. um and w- w- what he what he was showing is what i have a general sense of that things are not like amazing but they're no longer just drifting downward and valuations are horrible and no deals are getting done it does feel like it's still a difficult environment, but that there are causes for optimism. Twenty twenty four is is complicated. It's an election year, mm-hmm. and oftentimes that goes along with the Fed and the government kind of not wanting things to go downhill too much. Yep. And you've got you've got. People I think are hesitant to spend money. So it's not like this nothing's easy is is my take on it. So if you're in SaaS, people are aware of how much they're spending on your product. Yeah. And, and and I see it in the timeline, I see it in e-commerce, I see it all over the place. People are looking for alternatives that are cheaper. People are a little frustrated with tools that get too expensive. So that part of it is not I tend to think
1: oh, okay. I'm sure this is just reducing it too much, but I tend to think that like SaaS businesses like yours that are heavily connected to e-commerce are much more impacted by the economy at large than m- most other categories of SaaS. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, P- a, P- like a typical like CRM software or a messaging software or a, or I don't know, whatever else like businesses always need that stuff or maybe you break it down by, are you selling to small business? Are you selling to mid-sized businesses or enterprise? Are you Mm -hmm. selling to prosumers or consumers? Like, I almost never think about how the economy is impacting my MRR graph. Um, I just never think about it. It's not something I'm ever concerned with, um, for better or worse. I just don't see, I, I just don't see it impact. Uh, we have we have good months when the economy is doing terrible. We have bad months when the economy is doing
0: great. Like it just, I, I've seen it both ways. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, for for us, it's the B two B to C thing, right? Our customers are directly impacted by consumer spending. Mm-hmm. So so that's just a factor yeah. in, in e commerce that that ends up impacting it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I I, I don't, I I don't really to, know.
0: I, one thought that I
1: keep coming back to especially this year, I feel, I feel like there's some truth to this is that like everything is harder for, for the startup SaaS product business. Um, Everything is harder. There there are some things I, I would say on the product building side that are easier, a lot of tooling and libraries and, and resources and more and more developers and people getting into development and no code solutions. And like, there's a lot of things that you can easily build and ship the marketing side, the go to market, the distribution. Um If you don't have, I, I guess I'd put it this way. If, if you are not from the get-go of, of a new SaaS startup, if you are not tapped into some distribution channel, some connection, some unfair advantage, whether you have a huge audience or whether you are in some distribution channel or you have some inroad somewhere, it's just such an uphill battle to go from zero to whatever you need to get to profitable, you know, um, no matter how good the product is, no matter how well it fits a market, like you, like I, cold email outreach can sometimes work, but it's extremely noisy. Ads are are out of reach for most startup businesses. Um, and don't even work nearly as well as they used to. Um, yep. And and then SEO, like, yeah, we get a lot of customers from Google, but but everything is changing with with search engines. Who even use search? Who even uses Google yeah. anymore? Honestly, like, I never Free use it.
0: Preach, preach. I never, yeah, I never personally use it anymore. <laughs> like every channel is is upside down. Yeah. It and the competition is so severe. I don't know what the answer to it is my answer to it historically has been uniqueness and a compelling enough product that you can't really get anywhere else yeah and
1: and the the dark side of that question is like competition is like through the roof every single category is competitive every single one
0: you know yes and 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 there's always um factors inside of your market whether one of your competitors is public and has infinite money Or the other one raised so much money from VC. We have, we have one, not our main competitor, Bolt, uh, another one. They've raised like $50 million. They still don't have It's like four years in, they still don't have a product Mm -hmm. and they're like hiring salespeople. You're like, what, what is happening over there? And it just changes the nature of our market. And everyone's got these weird issues in their markets. Yeah. I don't know if the answer to that is build an audience. That feels like at least something that's, that's relatively in your control. Yeah, I,
1: I, like, not, I, I'm going in that necessary. direction for this instrumental products brand, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what I'm building as like a media brand. I don't, I don't see the audience thing as being a good solution to market a SaaS,
0: right? If you're selling, if you something have to an audience, audience. like,
1: if you have a, a huge audience and then you build a SaaS to serve your audience, th- all power to you, you're, you're off to the races. It's going to be awesome. E- yeah, easy out of the gate. Um, of yeah. course, it's not a long-term growth strategy, but like y- you will easily get to profitability pretty quick if you start with a huge audience. But if you if you're a SaaS, I would not and and you don't have an audience, I would not say like oh I'm gonna build an audience personally so that I can market my existing SaaS. I just don't see that working, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing the most attractive things on the internet right now are media it's just like Hollywood celebrity dynamics, mm-hmm. but on the internet and that that's who's making what appears to be easy money. But we're looking at the very tip, tip, top of that media pyramid.
1: Yeah.
0: Literally people that we all know and recognize their names. It's lit. It's like celebrities and Hollywood's just on the internet. That's, that's a bad thing to chase in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean,
1: personally, the, again, getting back into what I'm looking ahead for, for 2024, when I, if, if my goal is to get back on track, uh, in terms of like generating an income and building an asset, I one option was to try to build another SaaS and I immediately threw that option out because that's not a fast way to to, to, to solve that problem. The, the fastest way and also the most attractive to me, like creatively is, is to build a content media business. And the more that I learn about YouTube especially, um, the more viable that is. It's certainly not easy um, and it's not super fast, but there is a direct path and I could see it with everyday people who are doing exceptionally well on YouTube with audience growth and that's, but that's not to sell a SaaS, that's to revenue wise, you can get into sponsorships, you can get into courses, community, yeah, things, I was gonna things like that. that. that
0: and th- model is like. That, that's where I would think that that business model is. But the people who you look at there and you are like naturally envious of their model, like what, what is that model?
1: I think it's, it's now it's become known as like the creator business, the create, okay. um, and, um, yeah. So is
0: it, does it lend itself more to sponsorships to, uh, there's, multiple, to there's multiple, there's multiple revenue.
1: Product. So, um, I would say the most, the, all right, the, the most common way that this type of business is modeled out is at the top of the funnel, you have a large and growing audience. And that's very commonly a YouTube channel and or um, a, an email newsletter. No, sorry. The, in terms of top of funnel, you've got YouTube channels are very popular. Some people build a huge audience on like TikTok or, or um, not TikTok, Twitter. A, a little yeah, there's, there's also TikTok and stuff, but TikTok. like YouTube is a big one. Twitter audience, maybe LinkedIn audience, that funnels into an email newsletter. So right there, you've got like thousands of subscribers tuning into your content and tuning into your email newsletter. From there, your revenue options are sponsorship. Meaning, I would say you could just do direct monetization with YouTube, but that's like the least interesting and probably the least revenue. Right, option. you have to get some big numbers. The more interesting thing on the sponsorship side is direct sponsorship with brands. And you don't, and depending on which industry or space that you're in, you don't even need a massive audience to start to reap the revenue rewards of that. Um, Right.
0: Especially if your audience is a valuable. Yeah. Like like if your audience
1: are developers or businesses or startups or, or some, anything in like the financial space, you could have just 10,000 YouTube subscribers and start to have thousand dollar sponsorship deals, multi thousand dollars, you know, like so, so there, that's, that's one immediate thing. Um, and then not immediate, but like in the not too distant future. And, but then the other, the other obvious ones are like sell courses or sell a membership or sell some combination of both. Um, and I, and that's also where you see these creator brands like making a ton of money, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, yeah. It's, it's hard to do it. Well, I would say like anyone can make a garbage course on some, on some thing that they're either not even that passionate about or don't know a lot about. Um, But I think the key is to connect with the audience in, in a certain journey. So like I, I identify that this large market of people in the in the in the world or in this space all aspire to go from A to B. And everything about my channel and my content and my newsletter is aimed at helping you go from A to B. And there are lots more of people like you and not only would you buy a course to help with that, but you want to join a community to connect with other people who are on that same journey from A to B and and I'm here to to bring bring us all together in a, in a little community. And, and there are like thousands of, of these creator led, like communities kind of sprouting up even, even in the same competing spaces, like all over the internet, especially on yes, YouTube. Big internet. Um, yeah. and, and like, and then that, and then you see guys like, and gals making hundreds of thousands, sometimes over a million a year on a team of like three people poor people,
0: <laughs> you know, that's that leverage we've talked about. Um, yeah. It's, it's super interesting. Cause I, I don't, I don't want to like paint
1: the picture. Like, Oh, this is the easiest, like get rich, no, quick just garbage but like, but I,
0: it, I see it again and again and again, like there mm-hmm. is this model out there, you know? Yeah. I, the, the creators that I'm most attracted to because of my actual interest is cooking. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by how these creator businesses get started, and the content that they create, the amount of work that they put into these 90 second videos on how to cook this particular dish. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But, but it's it's amazing the actual end product that they're putting out there. The level of of actual output is amazing. Is amazing. Yeah. But then you connect that to being able to build. Uh, now in cooking. It's more consumer. Yes. And so I assume it's great for creative outlet and for people who love that and maybe already have that skill, but you're not, you're not helping people on a professional level. It's almost like B to C versus Dude, B2. but, but those people are probably making a lot of money. It, like the, the top ones. Yes.
1: So my, my wife is super into, into plants. Like at, at okay. she's really, really into collecting uh, exotic, a lot of tropical plants. We have actually like hun- okay. hundreds of plants around our house. it's That room over there is, is we, we have a lot of them. And she tunes into a lot of you plant YouTube. It's a whole, it's a whole space on YouTube. And, every, and, every and every I, day. and I peek in and I'm like, and, and, and the channels that she's tuning into. And a lot of them are just like showing their plants and, and this, but they have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube and yeah, and, and, I, and I'm saying like, like, even though that's like a consumer interest, like those YouTubers are definitely making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on sponsorships, on YouTube monetization. Some of them have e-commerce stores where they're selling plants and stuff
0: like that. Right. That they're um, pointing traffic doors. Yeah, It feels like an evolution from back in the day when Facebook groups got people together over specific topics and then advertisers paid Facebook, anything to just get access to a group of people who have identified themselves as inter- as interested in something relatively niche. Yeah, it, It's the, s- the same concept as my original e-commerce business that a solar light store would do better than a general lighting store because you were capturing an audience that was really interested specifically in solar lights for their yard. Yep. And Google AdWords allows you to do it then Facebook groups allowed you to do it, and now it's like YouTube channels yeah, allow you to do something similar.
1: Totally, and I, so like I'm really going down the rabbit hole of like the, on YouTube, like like the learn to code niches, the building products niches, That that's where I tend to focus my energy for this instrumental products brand. Um, and I'm still-
0: So that, that's your A to B, like launching a product or, I th-
1: or- Yeah, I'm starting, right now, my project is like really trying to dial in what the audience focus is, and I think that's gonna be helping you build and ship products and helping you transition to a products based business from consulting or from a job or something like that. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of like teaching you how to build and ship products. Um, but I'm still exploring. And then, and then it's also like a question of like, um, doing search based topics, like people searching for tips on rails and whatever else uh, versus like interest based topics. And that's where like YouTube's algorithm comes in. It's like, we know that these people are interested in this. So give them like inspirating, inspirational, motivating, helpful content, not necessarily like keyword stuffed, but more like just create quality stuff that, that they'll get served on their YouTube homepage, you know, cool. it's uh So I've got, I've got like a crazy, like lighting setup and camera thing over here. And I'm, I've been, um, trying to figure out my whole video production workflow, not really knowing what I'm doing here. And I'm just trying to learn and put the pieces together
0: and, uh, get into it. Cool. I'm excited to learn more. Uh, It's cool, (laughs) but you know what it is now it's Friday. It is, it is, it's, it's real close to have a drink time for you. It sure is. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, oh, I got, I got a whole bunch of like Hanukkah. It's called, they're called Sufkan Yot. They're uh, the donuts for Hanukkah. Oh, that sounds that, good. That, that's tonight.
1: <laughs> Both my girls are in uh, local basketball leagues. So now my Saturdays are going to be like back to back seven and nine year old basketball games. Okay, those
0: are not pretty games of basketball. Oh, we're talking travels, not double good. dribbles. Yeah, those, we, we don't call those in, in, the, in this league. Yep, yeah. yep. My seven-year-old does also. Uh, I'm always baffled by the parents who are super aggressive super into it, and yeah. yelling at them like, guys, this is, we're just trying to fun. They
1: don't know what a three-second violation is. Let's just let them play, yeah, you know? Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yep, and, and my youngest daughter is uh, in Matilda, going a play on Monday. Oh, so cool. got some fun stuff coming up. Um, you staying you staying around for the holidays uh, in Connecticut uh, or
1: pretty much yeah we'll probably go to my mom's place and then we're doing like a three-day ski trip in between Christmas and New Year's which is probably the worst week to go to a ski mountain but we're doing it anyway
0: yeah whatever yeah cool well I'm, I'm excited we're going to the nation's capital baby Washington D. oh D. that's awesome man I always I always like going to DC you too walking around cool town. yeah yep. we'll see what uh museums to bring the kids to or the fun stuff it's cold so you, you know yeah. you, need, you need indoor indoor things all right brother all right it's great to see you thanks everyone Later, folks